0: look at Nigel read it out at the beginning of worship Um, that is Psalm 95 where the readings from and um, I just over the centuries this is where the church has looked to learn about worship what it is to worship God and um, and um, and and so I want to look at this this evening and sort of ask that question what what can we learn about worship here so if you've got your Bibles you turn to Psalm 95 that was actually like a God incident. I think, that Nige read that out because we hadn't talked about it. So um, so clearly the Lord's speaking, which is good news. Um, but so if you've got your Bible, Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving, let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Often we say we use this phrase that um, we worship whatever has our heart's attention, uh, our mind's attention, our heart's affection, and our soul's ambition. We worship whatever has our mind's attention, our heart's affection, and our soul's ambition. And um, I wanted to look at that passage, um, this psalm, because I think it teaches, it it shows, it highlights each of those things. Um, It highlights each of those things: our mind's attention, that we worship with our mind. That our heart's affection, that we worship with our hearts and our emotions, and we worship with our um, with the soul's ambition, with our, sort of, with our will, with our lives, um, with our willingness to follow Him and serve Him. So, just firstly, we want to look at that mind's attention um, bit. If you look at the psalm, it, it, just look, if you look at um, verse 3 onwards, it says this, so much of the psalm. It fills our minds with stuff and truth about God. It says this, For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. So Psalmist writes, come and worship, come and worship. And then he says, for the Lord is, it's like he's saying, because the Lord is this, he's this. He's the great king above all kings he's the one who made the sea who made the heavens who made the earth worship because of this in light of this and and what he's doing is he's filling our minds with reasons to worship this reason this reason and this reason worship because of this and this because worship was never meant to be it's never meant to be sort of an empty emotionalism it's not meant to be something that's kind of just a spiritual moment that's void of any anchoring worship has to be about filling our minds with truth about who God is. In, um, in Romans chapter 12, Paul, who, who's writing a letter to the, a church in Rome, he says this, he says, Therefore, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. He's, he, he starts out by saying, Therefore, in view of God's mercies, And for 11 chapters, he's been unpacking the mercies of God, mercy, 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 the mercy of God in forgiving us, in adopting us, in choosing us, in calling us, in making us his own, in sanctifying us, in changing us, in putting his Holy Spirit in us. It's mercy and mercy, thing after thing after thing. God's done this, and he's done this, and he's done this, and he's done this. And he says, therefore, in view of all that, keeping our minds fixed on all of that, knowing all of that worship, we were never meant to... Leave our minds behind at the door when we come to worship. Worship is supposed to be filling our minds with the truth of who God is. Because worship is about response; it's about responding to something, and we can't respond to a void. We need to be responding to something. You know, we just don't feel things normally in a void. If we uh, we see a sunset and we respond to it with awe, but we have to see something. We watch a, you know, a, a movie, a sad movie, an amazing movie, and we, and we feel emotion, but because of what we've seen, I don't know, we watched recently a film called Wonder. Has anyone seen that? Anyone seen Wonder? She's definitely, man, we were, we, we were upset, it's amazing. Um, but we see things and we're moved by them, our response is, is emotion? it might be emotional, it might be wow, but it's to something, it's responding to something. We hear good news about something and we feel glad. We read a stirring book and we're stirred. We, we see injustice and we feel angry. A response needs something to respond to. And if we're to respond to God, if we're to respond to him, if we're to worship him, then we need to know what we're responding to. There needs to be something that we're responding to. And it's the same here. We need to fill our minds when we come to worship. Fill our minds with truth about who he is. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, we so often sing. Let's fix our minds there, fix our eyes there. Jesus says, worship God in spirit and in truth. It's not meant to be mindless. It's not meant to be empty and emotions but it's meant to be full of truth. But it's not just that. It's not just our minds. It can't just finish there. It also involves our wills, our soul's ambition, if you like. It has to do with our resolve to live for him. In the, in the psalm, if you read <clears throat> from verses 6, it says this, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. Bowing down and kneeling, it's it's the language of the will, it's the language of obedience and surrender, and it's the language of volition. Worship has to be more than just words that our lives don't correlate to. It's got to be more than that. That verse in Romans 12, in view of God's mercies, having seen everything he's done, he says, offer your lives as a living sacrifice, And the picture is of surrender. Having seen everything that God's done, then offer your lives to Him. Then live for Him. Live in light of that. Look at it. Fill your minds with it. But don't stop there. It's got to go beyond that. It's got to go to lives lived for Him. Surrendered to Him. In fact, in, um, in Amos, in the Old Testament, if you've ever read Amos, there's this bit where it's quite shocking, but God just says, to the Israelites, they're having these festivals, singing all these songs, it's an amazing moment. And God just says, I hate your festivals. I hate your songs. Away with your songs. But what I want is for justice and mercy to flow like a river. And so they were putting all their energy into these big moments of worship, these big celebrations, but they'd neglected the poor. They'd neglected justice. They'd neglected um, compassion and care. And God says, I hate your songs. So when you have singing, when you have those festivals, but you don't have the action that God's looking for, you don't have it it translating and moving beyond those things into actually lives that are changed and lived for him, then God says, I just, in Amos, he says, I hate it. I don't want that. That's not worship. It's not what I'm after. In in the book of James, he says, um, James, again, is writing a letter, and he says, True religion is this. True religion is to look after orphans and widows. So "What we've got to be people who do stuff. We've got to be people who take the stuff that we, that we see, that we learn, that we take the words that we sing, and then we pull them into our lives through the week. It has to have legs. And actually, you know, when we do really loves something. It normally does have legs, doesn't it? I was just with my brother-in-law yesterday, and he loves England. Man, he absolutely loves England, football team. And, um, and he just, he's just got a ticket to the World Cup final. Uh, he's just gone for it. He's like, man, if I get there, I don't want to miss it. But he, he's, he even when, it, when, when the uh, World Cup was in South Africa, he went over to South Africa on his own just on his own, just because he was like, man, I'm going to follow them. You only get um, tickets to World Cup Finals if you've sort of built up some loyalty. They, re- they respond to loyal fans. And so he's crazy. He absolutely loves it. You know, he can tell me that he loves football, but the reason I know he loves it is because he does crazy things like that, and he spends loads of money on it. You know, Phil, he, he, here where's Phil? Phil plays guitar sometimes here in my band. He loves coffee. He, yeah, you know, and the reason I know he loves coffee isn't just because he says he loves coffee, but because, like, he has everything to do with coffee. He, like, weighs everything super carefully to make sure that it's all perfect, and, and he spends money. I think that's he lives he lives at home, and I think it's because he spends all his money on coffee, on expensive coffee. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> but I know, I know he loves it because he's, it's got legs. When we love things, when we really love things, then it does have legs. Your life does tend to fall in line with what you love. The Bible's right, it has to work its way out. If we say, I love you, Jesus, but then we just don't do anything he says, then we've gotta ask ourselves, what do I actually mean when I say I love him? It has to have legs. And then finally, so our mind's minds attention, we fill our minds with truth about who God is, our soul's ambition, our wills. It's about living our lives for Him. It has to have those two dynamics, but there's a, a really key third one that we really do have to have, and it's the one I really wanted to talk about tonight. If you'd sort of push me on one, this would be the one. And it's this, our heart's affection. Worship, we worship what has our heart's affection. Worship has to have our heart's affection. If you look at the psalm, the first verse, it says this, So come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. It's all language of the emotions. It's all language of thanking and praising. It's the language of the emotions. You know, we can, we can do all sorts of good things but not worship. We can fill our minds with all sorts of good truths, but not worship. But we cannot worship without the affections of our hearts being involved. C.S. Lewis, I think it was C.S. Lewis, he made the point that, um, that uh, the devil believes in God as much as you do, he believes in God, he knows, he, knows every, he knows loads of things about God, he probably knows more things about God than you and I do, the devil knows everything about God, it's not knowledge that's the thing, it, it's that he doesn't respond to, he doesn't have any affection for the Lord, he doesn't have any affection for God, he doesn't love him, You can know all the right things. You know, I studied um, theology at university and loads of my lecturers knew so much about the Bible that the guy who taught us Greek, a guy called Professor Casey, knew so much about the Bible, it's unbelievable, but he didn't love Jesus. And that's a key difference. That's a big thing. That makes all the difference. You can do all the right things. You can, you know, you could do charity work to the cows come home. <laughs> and that's not to disparage charity work um, but you could and if you don't love Jesus then it's not the same thing it's not it's not worship it's good but it's different you do all the right things but not have worshipped. the key is the affection of our hearts it's so important Jesus says um, to, he's in this conversation with Pharisees in, in Matthew's gospel and he says To these Pharisees, he's quoting the Old Testament. He says, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far away. You honor me with your lips. You say all the right stuff, but your hearts are far away and your worship is fake. He says, your worship is is false. It's nothing, it's meaningless. It has so much to do with our hearts, our affections. Do we love him? And it's, it's a challenge because there's so many things that compete for our heart's affections, right? I was in the car this week with my little boy, Reuben. He's four. And um, he, um, he's got a thing about like dressing smartly and like smart clothes, just loves it. And um, I don't know why he said this, but we, he'd seen his waistcoat that he wanted and we'd said, we can't, you don't need that because it, you just don't need it. You've already got a waistcoat. And um, <laughs> he's got two actually. Um, But anyway, he wanted this waistcoat, and he said to me in the car, we were were just driving, and he said, (laughs) out of the blue, just said, Daddy, um, in my heart, Jesus is here, the waistcoat is here. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. So I sort of tried to help him and said, oh, do you know, Jesus says, actually, we don't need to worry about what we wear, because like, look at the birds, the field, and the grass, and the flowers, and they all look beautiful, and, and they don't worry about clothes, it's just the way God made them. And then he stopped and he thought, and he said, "The birds do look nice, but the waistcoat is cooler." <laughs> I said, "I've got nothing. I don't know. I don't know where to go with that." So we're both praying and fasting it out. But now we're not. Um, but has Jesus stolen the affection of your heart? There's so many things that compete for it. Is Jesus in there? Because it's where worship happens. The affections of our hearts is so important. We can sing, we can, have, we, we can have ritual, we can have tradition, we can have routine, we can have ceremony, we can have all the right moves in all the right places, like, to quote, one republic. We can do everything, we can do all of those things. But if the affection of our hearts is absent, then it doesn't really mean anything, it's not worship. Going through the motions isn't worship. It's not New Testament worship. All through the Bible, God is after our hearts, after our love. So let's worship tonight as we move into a time of worship again. Let's worship, but let's throw our hearts into it. Let's throw our affections into it. Let's fill our minds with the truth of who who God is. Let's resolve to, to live differently in the week because of it, but let's, pour our hearts into it. I think it's important, though, to recognize it doesn't mean you have to feel it all the time. When I'm saying it's hearts, it, it doesn't, doesn't mean you have to feel it all the time. Sometimes we have to choose to worship even though we don't feel it. But um, choosing to worship even when we don't feel it doesn't mean, doesn't mean um, we're saying to God, hey, God. I'm just going to leave my heart out of this one. I'll lift my hands, I'll sing, but forget about the heart side of it because, you know, I'm just not there at the moment. That's not what it is to choose to worship when we don't feel it. That's That's not what we mean. We don't mean just lift our hands anyway. To choose to worship means to say, God, I feel what I feel, but my heart is yours. I'm in this situation, but my heart belongs to you. I've just lost so-and-so, but my heart is yours. I feel devastated, but Jesus, my heart belongs to you. I've just had some horrendous news, but God, my heart belongs to you. I feel shattered and exhausted, but here is my heart. It's yours. The choice isn't a choice to opt for no heart in it. The choice is a choice to pull our hearts into it, however we feel, whatever's going on in our lives. Choosing it is about choosing Him with our whole hearts. And so you'll be here this evening from a whole bunch of different situations and circumstances, pressures, But there's an opportunity in this moment to choose to worship. And that doesn't mean leave your hearts at the door, it means bring them in with everything that's in there. All the pain, all the heartache, all the sadness, all the sorrow, all the disillusionment, all the doubts, all the fears, you bring it all. And you say, God, here is my heart. I'm choosing to bring it to you. Because that's what he's after. That's what it is to worship. We fill our minds with truth about him. We resolve to live our lives in a way to honor him, but we pour out our hearts with affection for him. So why don't we stand, and we're gonna just spend a bunch of time now worshiping.